Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? This is uh, this is an exciting week. Um, I always forget that the trade deadline's so early in the NFL, so that's really exciting. Because there's some players that can move here. So that's got me pretty excited. That's my overall feeling this week is I'm actually kind of excited to see if anyone moves and how it could affect fantasy because suddenly you get a player like what happened with Christian McCafferty go to a team and suddenly their entire perspective of who they are changes. Yeah, I I remember this time last year because I I was the McCaffrey manager last year and then the rumors were coming around and I was you know, riding the the lightning a bit, like, okay, where is he going to go? Is this going to be good for me or not? Uh, Ended up being amazing. Uh, um, But it's always an interesting time, especially when it's people that you have on your roster, you know, like, is this going to be an improvement for me or not? It does the thing, like, that's the question, right? Like, it could go the other way. And I can't think of of an example right off the bat, but I'm sure there are some out there. But you see uh, a star player change teams and the, some of the ones that that are on you know the list of, of potentially being traded even ones that were supposed to be traded before like someone like Jonathan Taylor and all that discussion it really can majorly impact what happens to that player and that's to me what makes all times of years for fo- football really interesting is when you see these moves and deals you just don't know how they're going to do on their on their new team Dalvin Cook great season last year he has been an absolute non-factor for the Jets at all. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't have a comp- like a good quarterback, learn from what Atlanta did. Like Figure out how to run the ball better because they're just a disaster of a football team. And Dalvin Cook was – I had him on my team last year. He was a great fantasy player. I had no complaints about him on my team. Like He did, he did well. He got me every – he got me points all over the place. It, you know, he was he was one of those players where he was a must start for me almost every single week. And now he's he's a non-factor. I don't even know if anyone generally has him on lineups anymore. Like he's just not even relevant. No, I would I would say if people still have him on their team, he's on the bench and they're just keeping him in case something happens to Hall. Yeah, I would say he's just like a, an insurance like Hail Mary option in case Hall goes down and then he becomes the starter. Yeah, um, which I mean, it's a valid strategy as you get closer to the playoffs, especially if, um, if like another playoff contender or potential playoff contender has Hall. Um, same thing with like Tajay Spears. Uh, not really so much Kareem Hunt, I guess Jerome Ford, but back when. Uh, Nick Chubb was still around. So for the first week and a half of fantasy football, um, Zach Charbonnet with Kenneth Walker, like, like those kind of situations, I can understand it. But at the end of the day, you have to, you can't just keep someone just to keep them, right? Like if if you need a player off the waiver wire or whatever to fix something on your team, then you got to just let them go. And yeah, hope if you do end up needing them down the line you can get them back i suppose well that's the thing like that's why i like leagues that have um a tighter bench and don't have all these rules of like an ir situation that type of thing because to me the more space you add you take those decisions that you just brought up 
out of the equation. And as much as they suck, I've been on the, believe me, I've been on the wrong end of some, some decisions of dropping people or having to let someone go or having to fill, you know, a bench or whatever. And sometimes I'm on the wrong end of those decisions, but I still think that's what makes it thrilling is to, to have to think it through and make a call and make a decision and roll the die and see what happens. And everyone being on the same playing field, there's been one or two players I've picked up off of waivers, whether they be injured or not, that I'm surprised I got because other people were, were like, I'm getting rid of them. I've got to fill my roster spot with other people. And suddenly you have someone suddenly you, you grab someone that you didn't think you were supposed to have. So I think to me, that's, that's what makes it exciting. And it is a decent strategy. I don't mind the strategy of grabbing backups here and there, but yeah, you could also go the whole season and that backup sitting on your bench and not doing anything because the person's healthy or they don't get traded or what have you. Yeah, there's a bit of a tendency in our home league for people to drop people on the injured reserve. There's um, a lot of tendencies in our home league. Let's just yeah. leave it at tendencies. Yeah, well, I know you've you've now twice now picked up running backs who were on the injured reserve that have been dropped. Uh, well, that that I as of right now I I didn't believe were season ending injuries. Um, that yeah. could change, but that was my thinking was well I have the space. So why not? And maybe they can help me for the playoffs. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I fully, fully agree with that, uh, with that train of thought. Yeah, it's just they shouldn't be getting put out on the the waiver wire. Like they shouldn't be getting dropped in the first place when it's OK. They're going to be gone for four weeks. You know, like there are certain players that are valuable enough that they should stay on your bench for those four weeks, because when they come back, they're still going to be valuable. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I think some pe- some people, I think, yes, I think that there's a tendency to think, oh, they're not coming back. I'm not going to worry about it. But I think if I was in the position where I knew I'd be fighting and battling and scraping for a playoff spot, I could understand saying I don't have time for this. But you could potentially trade the player or move the player in that way and get assets back that way. So I can understand thinking, well, I want to move on because I've got to win games here. I feel in our in our home league i'm i'm still first even though i lost last week i'm five and two i'm still in first place i feel confident i'm going to be in the playoffs so i'm in a more of a position where i can i feel like i can take that kind of risk and have someone sitting here because it might benefit me later i could get burned though i could and i'll i'll admit that that you could get burned by a player sitting on your bench that is on the injured reserve and they either don't come back or they get put on the injured reserve a second time or they just don't come back and they don't look the same. I can understand that too. I, I, again, we've been burned by those players. We've seen players come back from injuries and they're not great. And it takes, or they're a slow starter. So I, I can get it. I can see kind of where people are coming from. Yeah. I've been, because you, one of the ones that you picked up was James Connor, who was on the injured reserve. And I've been kind of, I've been kind of tracking that one because there's not been a lot of news coming out about his knee injury. Oh boy, not- boy, is that scare me <laughs> when there's yeah. not a lot of news. <laughs> I, I I've been looking at that because, the, like, even to the point, like, I don't even think that they've actually officially clarified exactly what happened to his knee. I have I not they- heard exactly what was wrong with his knee. No, I ha- I haven't heard that from what I've seen yet. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at an article from earlier today and it still just says suffered a knee injury nothing nothing more well that 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 is concerning to me because you it is yeah because usually it's like okay yet he 
oh, he has a knee sprain, whatever. He'll be back in four to six weeks, whatever. Or he tore something and he's going to be out or, or, or anywhere in between, right? Like they put a name on it and they're like, here's the timeline. And for this, they're just like, okay, he's on the injured reserve and uh, he hurt his knee. Well, and that's the thing. Like I had another player, uh, HN, who was hurt for the Dolphins, who I did the same thing. Someone dropped him. I picked him up. And I ended up having to trade him because, you know, listeners, unfortunately, unlike some of us on this podcast, I have to make really legitimate trades in order to get good players. Um, so Don't make I me bring had up to... the Barkley trade. Don't make me bring up the Barkley trade. Uh, what is what has Saquon Barkley done that's so impressive? Has he hasn't he had one good week? He's had a few, and he's had well, more he's had, than the guy who's had... getting replaced by Cam Akers. <laughs> Well, I mean, Cam, (laughs) the guy getting replaced by Cam Akers was fine at the beginning of the year. I was a big fan of Matheson. I was his number one fan at the beginning of the year. Boy, was I wrong. Um, James James Conner was my replacement of like, well, I have this IR spot, so I'm going to grab someone else. But I was less confident because I, I even thought at the beginning, I'm like, oh, I guess I just haven't done enough research i don't know much about his injury but then i did research and realized oh it's not me there's just isn't oh, yeah. any information out there on him nothing not a thing because i was doing the same thing uh unfortunately you had higher waiver priority than me uh but i had an eye on him too and i was like i cannot find anything saying what kind of a timeline or injury we're dealing with here yeah, and no, and that's that's the that's the risk I'm taking. But for right now, I felt like, well, I can I can save. I have a spot. I can use it, and and you know get rid of him later. But he's the he's the one more so than HN that I'm thinking. Oh, I might have to just drop it later. Like he might literally be done. He might not be coming back. HN I knew was going to come back. Um, but hey, as you mentioned, I've got Saquon Barkley, and hopefully he's kicking now. It's no Jalen Hurts, but hey, we we. Uh, we have to do what we got to do, right? Now, I got to ask you, are you at all worried about Berkeley with, with how the Giants offense has looked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even when I acquired him, I was worried. Um, I acquired him thinking, well, he'll be an upgrade on Matheson and I can get him for an okay but not ridiculous price for my team. But soon as I acquired him, I knew like this was a risk. He, he, was, he was part of my kind of, well, he might be a flex option plan. Um, since because of injuries and other things, he's kind of moved up in my mind, but yes, he, uh, it, it worries me a lot that the offense's inability to play football properly. And especially I'm really concerned about Daniel Jones and how that can affect him as a running back. I'm very concerned about Saquon Barkley. I would say I'm more concerned about Saquon Barkley than I am against say, I don't know, Jalen hurts. <laughs> just for context, everyone, for the people. Yeah, I know Josh once again, pulled off one of his trades and and has acquired Jalen Hurts and he's not worried about him nor should he be um but yes to answer your question Saquon Barkley yes I'm very concerned about Saquon Barkley because that offense to me has not looked good and even when he's gotten a good amount of points he's had one of those big breakout plays or scored a touchdown or two which as we've talked about offline sometimes concerns both of us when we see a player like Mark Andrews last week two catches that weren't touchdowns, you know what I mean? Like low volume, but, but got the big explosive plays that might not be sustainable. And that's my concern about Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I was actually pretty surprised with Andrews, just how much Lamar Jackson spread the ball around, but 
it that was, was surprising to me. Too. I mean, oh, well, no matter what they did, it worked. <laughs> they, the, the lions didn't even look like they were no. pale representations of themselves. Like they were not yeah. even close to anything. And everything that was done in that game worked for the Ravens. Like it obviously it worked, but I just thought when the game was getting out of hand, I thought, okay, th- three, four touchdowns to Andrews. Let's go. Like that's kind of my mentality, but he spread the ball around and everything they did worked. Everything. Yeah, it was very interesting to watch, and I'm kind of excited to watch the the Lions this week to see how they bounce back from it. Um, we also got to see primetime Kirk Cousins not make us want to claw our eyes out. So there was a lot of weird things going on. And that was the seven. first time, first time we've ever seen that. And I, I think I was in my last week prediction. I think I was right about these some of the scores being high higher and, and some of the games being more entertaining but there were a lot more surprises like i didn't think the ravens would absolutely destroy the the lions no. like that i did not think the the bills would fall apart <laughs> against the patriots the way they did it did not look good for them either yeah um, that started out bad for them though like right off yes. the bat josh allen interception no it, it was not it was not a good game uh, for, for them. And the, the Patriots played it really well. I also thought like, you know, the, the game against Philadelphia, like the Philadelphia Dolphins game was really good. Um, that Monday nighter was really interesting. Yeah. Kirk Cousins showing up for the first time really ever um, to a primetime game. That was kind of surprising. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sure you have it somewhere of, of how his fantasy day was in general for Kirk Cousins. But uh, he, in terms of on the score sheet and the way that they played, they, they they won the game in a game that I, I don't think anyone thought they were going to win. Uh, he was the QB seven on the week, but okay, uh, so not yeah, he not uh, too bad. Man. No, he had twenty five points. That's you're happy with that. So are we now? Are we? Is it reversed though? Like because it's Kirk Cousins, so he play. I know he plays the Packers this week, and I'm pretty sure that's either like a Monday four o'clock or Mon- or not Monday Sunday four o'clock Sunday one o'clock game. It, that would no, that would be the game I'd point to being like, oh, it's a rival. They'll get their big win here after you know being blown out by the 49ers. Um, are we going to see the opposite? Is he going to have a terrible game now against the Packers? I want to lean no. I think he'll be fine. But at the same time, it's Kirk. So who knows? Like They got to win that game for them. Like if they win they that do. game, they, they're right back in it from when they were out of it. Because get, getting that win over San Francisco, that's a treat. So now you got to take advantage of that. And I think that's important for if you're a Jeffers, Justin Jefferson manager. Because if they can win this game, and let's say the Lions lose again, then I think they're within one of the lead for that division. They're only one game back from the Lions. If the Lions lose, and they win. So that... I think would be more of an incentive for Justin Jefferson, assuming his testing after the four week mark doesn't come back with something messed up for him to come back and maybe be part of a playoff push for the Vikings. Yes. That's um, a better chance. If you're a Justin Jefferson manager, you have a better chance of getting him back in the fold. If they're right in the thick of a playoff push. Yeah. Now that being said, I fully expect the lions to win against the Raiders who just lost to the bears backup quarterback. So yeah, talk about another team that looks like a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> the Raiders are the Raiders are in some trouble. You know who else I'm worried about? The Chargers. 
They are um, not playing well. Well, I mean, I'm not worried about them for fantasy, but I'd be worried about them as a team. Well, I'm worried um, about them even for fantasy because they just played the Chiefs in what should have been yeah. a high-flying, high-scoring game, and it was for the Chiefs. Yeah. But you got Justin Herbert, 12 fantasy points. Keenan Allen had, what, five? Yeah, he uh, only had like a handful. Yeah, he was. Eckler had five. Like, there was a lot of bad fantasy performances out there for the I, Chargers. I agree. I guess I just think, I think we still think of Kansas City defenses of old. Like, I think even I'm I'm responsible for thinking that way because I thought this was going to be a massive offensive game. I think Kansas City's defense is a little bit better this oh, year they do have a given it credit. They do have a very good defense. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but just what we've come to expect from the Chargers offensively, you'd think they'd be able to do a bit more. You'd think so, but I think, I mean, they who do they play this week? The I Bears. don't have it in front of me. The Bears, okay. Like, I think they're going to destroy the Bears, and that might get some confidence back. But I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just, because I have Keenan Allen and I've paid attention and I've been happy with his performances aside from that one really he he's really only had i think one other game that was that was lower but he wasn't catching a lot of footballs to begin with so i don't know i think i think their offense is still is still doing well enough that certainly against chicago i'm looking at their um looking at their their next couple games now like chicago no problems new york jets have not been playing as well defensively as i thought that they would but that is a question mark game then they've got detroit That'll be tough. Green Bay might be a little easier. Baltimore. So their schedule is also not great because Baltimore, New England, strong defenses, right? I mean, the Jets just took down Philly, though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That might be a that was a fluke, I think. But that was a weird week. (laughs) I, I don't know. I think to me, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a fluke. But but you're right. Like maybe maybe uh there's things to be concerned about but i think considering if i'm just looking at the statistics right count the statistics one bad week for keenan allen i'm going ah eh, not too concerned about it not yet i think i think if i think if they're not that efficient against chicago and they don't completely blow them out of the water and they have like an okay game and he has like 10 or 12 points keenan allen does and they maybe score two touchdowns and they they just barely win the game then i'm more concerned Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, we do have some news to go over from uh, the past week or so. A lot of lot of injury news, unfortunately. That seems to be the theme lately, so we'll just dive right into that. So we had the Steelers and the Broncos both place tight ends on the injured reserve. Uh, Pat Frymuth reactivated his hamstring injury, and Greg Dulcich was put on the IR. I didn't see what ended him up on there actually but uh he's no missed four I, games as I well. was surprised i didn't see anything for him i was surprised to see him on there i think it might have been his hamstring um that seems to be in one of the reports there uh but so he's gonna be out for four weeks kyron williams for the uh, rams initially was looking like a multiple week absence but not ir he's now since been placed on the ir uh so guaranteed at least four weeks now that he will be out Hmm. that's a tough one yep and uh a bit of a mess there for everyone who tried to predict who was going to be the lead back in his place um zach evans was a popular waiver wire ad i don't think he played the down maybe he did he never had a carry that's for sure 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he had a carry, did he? No, I'm pretty confident he did not have a carry. <laughs> I, I don't even remember seeing his name at all, like mentioned or anything. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he was a popular waiver wire ad for last week. Um, so so it was uh, Daryl Henderson who ended up being the main guy. And I honestly, there's a there's another running back in that backfield whose name escapes me right now. But uh, I mean, I I'm, I'll say I just wouldn't you know, be part of it. No, because they they're playing the Cowboys this week. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Like yeah. if you if even if you're a Williams manager, I wouldn't worry about it for especially for this week, because that's not a good matchup. Like I would stick to I would go with, you know, anyone else you have on your bench and try to use other players. But yeah, I, I wouldn't personally worry about that. Not not um certainly not this week. No, no. Um we've got Debo Samuel with a hairline fracture in his shoulder and he will be out until after week 10. Hmm. So it went from optimistic that he could play um, in week seven to he has a fracture in his shoulder and he's going to be out. Yeah. Uh, Classic. Meanwhile, Christian McCaffrey was also considered optimistic and then ended up playing and looked absolutely fine. So who knows what's going on in old San Francisco. You'll find out probably 90 minutes before game time. Yeah. And they legally have to tell you. Exactly. That uh I'm interested to see what comes out of that inquiry regarding Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. and, and his illness and when the team knew about it and why no one was told. because um, there's people who lost bets because of that. Because he, he ended up taking a carry, so he played mm-hmm. in that game. Um and yeah, just not, nothing mentioned about it leading into that game, and then all of a sudden, just hey, why is Bijan Robinson not on the field? Yeah, I mean there that's was... the that's the issue here. Like that's that's what they tried to fix by yeah. having um, by having this rule, so this wouldn't happen. Yeah, and for whatever reason, it it never came out. There were some great memes on there on Twitter for or sorry on X about Arthur Smith. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> until it came out uh, that he had the illness. But uh, even then, there were still some good ones. But any- anyways, it, it was a good time unless you were the Robinson manager. Yeah. And I mean, if it's an illness, I mean, you got to assume he'll be back full next week. But like, that's a really that's the type of thing they, they've got to get cleaned up for betting, for fantasy, for all these things like this is where they make a lot of their extra money. Like this yeah. sport more so than any other one, so they gotta they gotta work that they gotta work that out. Absolutely. Uh, quarterback Justin Fields considered unlikely for Week Eight uh, with the thumb injury still. So we already know this early that he's probably not gonna be playing this week. I would assume it's more Badgent again at quarterback. Uh, tight end Dawson Knox will need surgery on his wrist. Unclear currently how long he will miss. So. I would say you're probably looking at at least a minimum of a couple of weeks, depending on what they do. If they put him on the IR or not, uh, remains to be seen. Running back Jerome Ford will miss one to two weeks with an ankle sprain, causing a bit of a conundrum in regards to who we're going to see in the Browns' backfield. And we'll just talk about Sean Watson here real quick as well, because it's all part of the mess of the Browns' offense. Yeah. So Watson still has shoulder issues with a strain of the subscapularis of the rotator cuff, which results in pain and weakness with movement. 
and PJ Walker has been determined to be the starter for week eight already. So there's a lot of question marks going on with the Browns offense right now. Yeah. That's a lot of fantasy pieces that are not performing. Well, yeah, like they they were, they already, I think we're having a relatively rough year fantasy wise, like as a unit, like I think there were pieces that were, were working and pieces that weren't an up and down play add all these injuries into it. That's got to be pretty disconcerting. Like, I just don't know if you can count on what they're going to look like for fantasy in the coming weeks. Like to me that this offense is one of the most concerning ones. If you have pieces of that offense, um, because what looked like it could work and could like they're winning games, but they're, you know, yeah, they're four and two somehow. (laughs) Are you, but are you, are you picking up PJ Walker? Like, I just don't feel like that's, that's a good move. And now that Ford's out as well, their running game is a huge part of of their success of their passing game. They are the example that I can give when I say, it, "Look at look at your passing game or look at your running game to see how the other one is doing." Um, yeah. And this is it. Like their running game makes their passing game work. And if they don't have Ford in there, I don't even know who's going in there. I don't I don't know who their third. Well, I mean, I guess they got Kareem Hunt now, but well, they have Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong Jr. And that's going to be another question mark for this week because the pe- both of them were getting picked up on waivers. Who's going to be the guy? Because yeah, but which one? Herbert... Because Kareem, you know, Kareem Hunt had it two good weeks in a row. But but again, if you take those touchdowns away, then then he he he's not being used as consistently as as I think you'd want. So I don't know, Kareem Hunt. That's even to me, that's a risk. Yeah, and even in that game, like they didn't just default straight to okay. It's all cream hunt now once Ford went down. No, it was primarily Pierre Strong Jr. and Hunt mixed in. Hunt had the better fantasy day, but But he wasn't no idea what we're gonna see. Yeah. No, yeah, he's certainly not being used as like the every down guy. Which is that's the risk. That's the risk you run into when you just look at touchdowns and you're not looking at like how how often is this player being used. That can really come back to to haunt you. You want a running back who's going to get lots of touches, going to get lots of opportunity because the chances is there to, to make a bigger impact. So I, I just look at the the Browns in general and that offense and say, there's a lot of concerns I have. I, again, I don't know how many people out there have lots of pieces from their offense, but I'm sure people had Chubb and Ford and, and at least, you know, their number one receiver, maybe their number two. Like, I'm sure there's bits and pieces and I'd be pretty concerned right now starting any of them. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz placed on IR with a quad strain. And wide receiver Chris Olave was arrested for reckless operation of a, mo- of a motor vehicle. Um, oh boy. I, did you see uh, the body cam footage of that? I know. I didn't even hear about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that I th- Well, today's Wednesday, so I think that came out later on monday or maybe it was yesterday it was late tuesday um so yeah he was arrested for doing i think 70 in a 35 mile per hour zone and then the police department released the body cam footage of the stop when and he's he's clearly already been arrested he's being taken back to the car and he tells the officer um i i can't remember the exact wording, but the end of it was um i play for the saints man like literally there's a pause for a second the officer's like and (laughs) <laughs> yeah you can't you still can't do like yeah. that, <laughs> that doesn't mean you can do what you want yeah. no yeah. like that's 
that's ridiculous. No, I didn't see that footage. I'll have to look that up. That's, I, yeah, I mean, we know that attitude is out there. Like, we know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, I didn't even hear about that. Because he, Olave has been having a decent season for, for being on a team that's been up and down. Like, he's been a, a decent target, I think, for, for a lot of the weeks. So, yeah, that's interesting news. Yeah, I think he's sitting around wide wide receiver 23, 24 area on the year. So like a wide receiver two, borderline flex wide receiver, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he's dealing with that. Remains to be seen what, if any, discipline comes his way from the team or the league. Um, Brock Purdy began showing con- concussion symptoms on the plane ride home from week seven is now in the concussion protocol and likely to miss week eight just because of the pattern that we've seen with players in the concussion protocol this year. Usually they miss at least one game and where it's already a short week for the 49ers where they played on Monday night and now play on Sunday. Odds are that Brock Purdy won't be able to clear concussion protocol in time. Yay. Yay. Yep. That your newest addition. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. He had a great, he didn't have a good, uh, didn't have a good week and now he's hurt. Yep. Just that- my luck. Just your luck, yeah. But now you get Trevor Lawrence, so have fun. Well, I mean, Lawrence better. Uh, better He's got a knee thing here. going on too, so he does. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, he looked he looked pretty good. He looked uh, fine before the, yeah. before the bye. Like I think he's healthy-ish. Uh, yeah, either either Trevor Lawrence or or Geno Smith. You know, one one of them <laughs> needs to one of them. Guess, do something uh, <laughs> so I can stay with one of them you know like that's sort of what i'm thinking one of them needs to step up but yeah well i mean ultimately you're gonna have to move on from one of the two of them um unless you plan on keeping all three at this at this rate but well what i what i plan on doing and what ends up happening often is different because again i have to make (laughs) uh i i'm held to a different trade standard than everybody else in the league so uh Hey. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta work, I gotta work extra hard to get, uh, to get very little. Yeah, kind of the story of my life, actually. Oh, um, there you so, go. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. The Rams released their kicker Brett Maher after he missed a couple of crucial field goals for them, and they don't have a backup kicker on the roster, so they got to get that sorted out before Sunday, because you kind of need one to at least, you know, kick off the ball. I guess. I guess your punter could do that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, they need a kicker. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't know they didn't have another one on the roster. That's Yeah, they just straight up released <laughs> him. So they just... Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, unless they, for some reason, they think their punter can do it. Like, maybe the punter has experience with that. Um, but often, they it, it's such different skill sets. They often like to have them separate. Um, and usually kickers don't do both. So, yeah, it's interesting. You, yeah, you should probably uh, fix that before your game <laughs> this week. Uh, I'm just looking here. So there's an article from yesterday that it looks like they plan to sign Lucas Havrisic. Havris, I don't know how to say his last name. The, I don't he's know on the, who that is. He used to be the Colts kicker, and he's on the Browns practice squad currently. Um that's their plan. I don't know if that's actually official or not yet, but that was their plan as of a day ago, I suppose. Okay. So interesting for interesting choices, I guess. Yeah. Those are, those are, um, 
those are decisions. <laughs> Let's say those are very interesting, interesting decisions they're making. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, all right. One last bit of news there is the Derrick Henry trade rumors. So he actually, and Kirk Cousins' name has been coming up a lot as a potential trade candidate before the deadline. Mm-hmm. But that, was, uh, that one would surprise me more, but yeah. Well, they're both they're both uh, off contract next year. They both could become free agents. So I guess if they were going to move them for something, it would be now. Uh, but Derrick Henry is definitely the more interesting one because he has not been the Derrick Henry that we're used to seeing. Like he, like he's still been fine, uh, but he's not producing those elite numbers anymore. And, and that might be more a state of just the Titans' offense in general uh, hasn't been that great. But no, I. And they just shipped off either their best or second best defensive player to the Eagles. So if they're going to just commit to the rebuild, I would say getting rid of Derrick Henry is probably probably a part of that because he's not going to be their future. Let's be real. I mean, he's what, 30? Uh, yes, or just about to be 30, but in, in that area, definitely. Yeah, so he's he's old. He's up there. That's a hard... That's, like, that's amazing that he could even do what he's doing at his age uh, with how much volume he's had in the running back position. So I've seen the Cowboys. I've seen the Ravens. I think I've seen the Browns as potential landing spot. Um, the Bucks, like there's a lot of teams being floated out there. I think the Ravens probably make the most sense because of their situation where they don't really have a running back. They kind of have just been throwing a committee out there of Edwards and Hill and whoever else. But. Yeah, I, I I would think, I would think from a team standpoint, that would make a lot of sense. And and gearing up for obviously a playoffs and trying to push themselves. Like the, the mm-hmm. Ravens have trying to push themselves over this like playoff threshold for a while of trying to make a big impact. So that could make a lot of sense. You know, I just... Too. So- Sorry, well, I don't mean to cut you Bills. off. The the Buffalo Bills are up there. They're not going to do it. They they're not they're not going to no, do it. No, definitely they, not. They don't they don't value the running back. Listen, this is the frustration about being a James Cook manager. The guy has all the talents in the world. All he does is score touchdowns and get runs in the in the game that they played. I I think it was I can't remember if it was last week or the week prior where um it was last week. It was again it was against New England where they would march down the field and the only person on the offense that was work- working was James Cook. And then when they got to the red zone, they took him out. Put in Murray or someone else. Yep. They would not use him in the red zone. And I just don't understand that. And I feel like if Derrick Henry goes there, that's exactly what they're going to do. Like, well, we're in the red zone. We got to throw the ball. We can't run it. We can't run it. No one scores a touchdown running the ball. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So I just don't think that benefits for both the player or fantasy, and I just don't think the team will spend the money or resources, I should say, to get Derrick Henry. They just don't value a running back. I don't know why, but they don't. No, they don't, and and we spoke about that in the offseason, but uh, if they do, that is going to be very bad news for you as the James Cook manager. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably what will happen, frankly. Um, it, it'll Whatever usually happens in the world of sports that could be bad for me generally happens. Like I, I can't yeah. wait to see what this year's fantasy football uh, final is going to be like in the, in the Super Bowl when I'm probably in it again and something absolutely ridiculous that's never happened before in the NFL happens and uh, I lose. 
you're going to have a player get am- arrested mid Arrested on the field. On the field, yep. Mid-play. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> like yeah. Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> a SWAT team repels in out of nowhere and just lays him out gunpoint. It's it's yeah. so it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating <laughs> to watch this happen to my players time and time again. It's just like, oh, you brought you. So I acquire Brock Purdy, right? Yep. He get what happens? Bad within game, a week. concussion within, within, a week. within one week. Someone else acquires like a quarterback in our league, forty two points. Like the next, yep. you know, what I mean? like oh, you acquired it, and they did what they're supposed to do. Like you got you got the advantage. I didn't. I just. The, all the players hurt now. <laughs> he can't. Yep. He can't play anymore. <laughs> no, it's just the same thing. Only my players. Oh, we're in the red zone. Take out you all of my players. Fantasy, yeah, fantasy <laughs> Grim Reaper, buddy. Yeah, it's awful. It's been this way for years, and it's so frustrating. Because <laughs> you can't even control it either. Like, well, there's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter how much studying I do. It doesn't matter how much football I watch. All I can do is sit there and watch it happen time yep. and time again, and go. There's no way. There's no way this is happening again. And then it does. Oh, man. All right. Well, that is it for our news. Uh, We'll move on to our conquerors and busts. Real quick, though, I just want to remind everyone, if you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. You can go to conqueredraft.com. You can fill out the form on our podcast page if you prefer to do that way. Or you can become a member of our Patreon community. You can go to patreon.com slash conqueredraft, or you can go to conqueredraft.com. We have the link on there. Get access to our Discord community. You'll be the priority for any questions that you put in. You get additional start-sit options, trade targets, waiver wire options, and start-sits for Thursday night's games. So once again, that's uh, patreon slash become... Or, <laughs> well, become a conqueror. Patreon.com slash conqueredraft. We're keeping that in. We're keeping that in. Yeah. You know what? Just do it, okay? Do it. Just hurry up. <laughs> there <we go>. There's, <laughs> your, <laughs> there's your prompt. Uh, our conquerors at quarterback, we had Patrick Mahomes Lamar at 41.86 points. Lamar Jackson, just shy of 40. Gardner Minshew, 31.1 points. Just, just throwing all over the place. And Josh Allen somehow pulled it together, thanks pretty much to his rushing touchdown, to have a uh, just squeak onto this list with 28 fantasy points. Because it did um, not look good. No, he really didn't. And it's in watching that game, it's now surprising to look at the stats and go, oh, he, he just made it. Like he was a top, top four um, for the week. I mean, those others, yeah, I mean, Gardner Minshew, I don't even know what to think about him. Uh, but Josh Allen, yeah, he just man just did it in a game that really they were just awful in. They, yeah, that was bad. I mean, like, as a Patriots fan, I quite enjoyed it, but in terms of, like, watching it for fantasy football, yeah, terrible. Some busts at quarterback, we had Jared Goff with 9.3 fantasy points after they got absolutely punched in the mouth by the Ravens. Uh, Sam Howell. Awful, awful game for them. Yeah, that was a, that was a painful one to watch in general. Uh, Sam Howell, 9.4 fantasy points with against Giants defense. Tua Tagovailoa only had 12.3 fantasy points against the Eagles. And Justin Herbert, 12.8 fantasy points against the Chiefs. So some high expectations that crashed 
in that bus list there. I think well, going I, into the week, we yeah. thought probably all of them would have had great weeks, really. Based I, on their I would have I would have guessed all of them. Um, I guess the one that is maybe you can get slightly less surprised over is someone like Tua, just because Philadelphia is such a strong team and we know they're strong defense. I just thought that game was going to be closer in terms of fantasy points in terms of a couple more touchdowns being scored but yes i think all four of those players were were surprised that they're on this part of the list yeah just a weird week at but you know back, what that you know, normally means oh, right that normally that? means a bounce back right all like right off how, this week's gonna be great yeah like the, well that's what it normally means in the nfl right you have a stinker and then everyone's like oh now i gotta put this player on the bench and then they they well if you're me they then have an amazing week. So just be be mindful of that. Don't give up on all of them so fast. Well, I have to play Justin Herbert this week, so hopefully his bounce back comes next week. And well, and I'm hoping he something. absolutely destroys Chicago. Yeah. Take you down another pig. Well, maybe Eckler can do the work, because he was a bust this week, too. So <laughs> Yes, that's true. Eckler, Eckler also yeah. didn't look good at all. <laughs> Uh, running back conquerors, we had Dante Foreman just came out of nowhere and dropped 31 and a half fantasy points on us. Against me, of course. Against you, yep. Alvin Kamara. come out of nowhere? Do wait <laughs> until I play Mike. <laughs> yep. Alvin Kamara dropped 23.3 fantasy points onto me, so I feel your pain. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had 23.1, and Travis Etienne continues his touchdown glory with 21.2 fantasy points. Uh, some busts, Josh Jacobs, 4.6, Jaleel McLaughlin, 5.1, Austin Eckler, 5.1, and Raheem Mostert, 5.6. Mostert could not, uh, could not get it done for you this week. No, that one hurt, too. He just, yeah, yeah. He, he really got shut down. Um, which, again, I will say, I guess I'm least surprised there, where I kind of knew that that was going to be a tough one, but I just thought... Well, maybe he might get stopped here and there, whatever, but they'll get into the red zone once or twice and they do go to him in the red zone, whether it be pass or rush. So I thought maybe you could you could get one touchdown out of him. Maybe he has 11 or 12 points and it's not as awful. But yeah, he just, he had nothing. He, every time he touched the ball, they were just on him so fast. Yeah, it did not go well for them at all. Just like overall, they did not look good. So, the, and then of course your, your run game suffers when that happens, but the only thing that the Dolphins, I think, as a team can look at is at least the Bills had a rough week, too. Mm-hmm, like at least mm-hmm. it was a snare where the Bills didn't look good either. And now you're both kind of down one, like you're both in the last column for the week. So nothing really changes. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of state status quo for the at least for the division for the, for that division. Yeah. Some wide receiver conquerors. We had A.J. Brown with 24.7 points. Josh Downs, 21 points, thanks to Gardner Minshew's performance. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Receiver for the Colts, who uh, just, he he did good with Minshew. Tyreek Hill continued to uh, be the wide receiver one. He had another 20.3 points. And Puka Nakua had a good game, 19.4 fantasy points. Bounce back for him after a rough week. Bounce back for him. Absolutely. Uh, you know who didn't have a good week was Calvin Ridley with one point. Yeah, Calvin Ridley. That that one point. It's rare in fantasy, but you see it. Yep, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> one because everyone else on this on the Jaguars receiving core did just fine. Not everybody, him, but Ridley. Yep, <laughs> had had a good game. Yeah. Yep. 
Gabe Davis, 1.1 fantasy points. Amari Cooper, 3.2, and Curtis Samuel at 4.5. Oh, well, there's that uh, brown, Amari Cooper. Yep, there you go. Tight ends, Conquerors, Travis Kelsey at 29.9 points. Mark Andrews at 20 points. Darren Waller at 19.3, and Dallas Goddard at 16.2. And again, just look at that context there. 29.9 for Travis Kelsey, number one. The next one, 20 points. Yeah, almost 10 points behind him. And I'm telling you, I watched a good chunk of that game. Mark Andrews did not have a good game. He caught four footballs. Two of them just happened to be touchdowns. So that's what's what's concerning me about it. One, being a Mark Andrews owner, but also about tight ends in general. You sometimes see that happen if they're not utilized. Like that was good on Waller to like have a good game despite a terrible, terrible offense. So I even look at the 19.3 that Waller had or the 16.2 that Dallas Goddard had and said, well, at least you were key parts of your offense, whereas Mark Andrews wasn't. No, not this week. Yeah, he... uh... They're spreading it out a lot more, and that is just going to hurt his value, unfortunately. Uh, tight end bus. We had Tyler Higby at 1.2 points, Michael Mayer at 2.3, Zach Ertz at 3.4. He's now on the uh, he's now on the injured reserve, though, so I guess that's not really his fault. And Dawson Knox, 3.5. He's having wrist surgery, so injuries happen, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to run through our starts of the week for week eight. At quarterback, I have Jared off because he's going up against the Raiders who just got dismantled by a backup quarterback for the Browns and up until week seven the Lions were high flying they were one of the top fantasy teams in football and uh, I I think they're gonna gonna they're gonna bounce back they're gonna do just fine and have a great game on uh, Monday night my quarterback start this week is CJ Stroud I really like the matchup against these I believe still winless Panthers I don't think they've won a football game yet. Um, I like this matchup for Houston. I, I think Houston, like we kind of talked about this a little bit in the offseason, how they were going to be one of those teams that would be kind of exciting to watch now, but still might not make the playoffs. I mean, they've only won two games or three games, I think. I think they're three and three or three and four. They're, they're in and around that range. So I think this is a big win for them with a young team. They're going to be excited to, to play a team that's not, not very good. So I think this is going to be a big game for CJ Stroud and some of his weapons as well. I think you you have some good options here for flex options if you if you have uh some of the Texans this week. Yeah, I've got to stare down that decision in my lineup, so we'll see what decision I make. This hey, this is this is a week where I I'm I'm definitely looking favorable at uh, at the the Houston Texans. Like I think they've got they've got a good game against Carolina who who's still winless, so they need to, you know, they need to step up themselves. But yeah, I, I just think the Texans are that much better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, quarterback sit for the week. Gardner Minshew going up against the Saints. I do not expect a repeat of last week. I don't know what happened against the Browns, but back to back really strong defenses. I think they kind of come back down to earth a bit. I think Gardner Minshew is going to find it a lot harder to post a good fantasy day this week. Yeah, I, I just I don't see him repeating that. No, I, like I just how how can he repeat that performance? That was that was kind of random. Like that game, that game was out of control. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like, like it lasted forever. It did. I kept it checking did last the, forever. <laughs> I was checking the other games and I was like, how is it only the third quarter for them? Like everyone that, else is in the final two minutes. That game was on 
for a while while we were starting like the the next like the 4:30 games. Like it was yeah. still, it was still going. Yeah, yeah. it was a long it, long game. I was like there's what happened? They just kept scoring. It just yeah. kept taking forever. Yeah. Um my quarterback sit this week is Sam Howell. I think Philadelphia showed us their true colors as a defense um shutting down to uh in that powerful offense. This is a big divisional battle between these two teams. I think Philadelphia always keeps those very tight. So I'm not expecting a lot of offense in general anyway, but I don't think Sam Howell is going to have a good week. He had a rough week last week. I think he's going to follow it up unfortunately with another rough one. He's just not going to be able to control this this Philadelphia uh, defense. He's not going to be able to get things done um, in this really, I think it'll be a tight divisional game. At running back, my start of the week is Brees Hall. I think we, he had a good week last week against the Eagles, and now we'll get to see what he looks like in a week where he's going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. So now let's see, okay, can he take that step forward and be the guy that we saw last year? Or what exactly are we dealing with? Because if he can explode in this game, then it's wheels up for Brees Hall. Like, he's pretty much locked into your lineup. If you don't see that this week, though, then we start having more of those question marks. Because the Jets have kind of committed to using him. But if he can't take advantage of the good matchups, then what's going on here? I'm expecting him to take advantage of this one, so he's my start of the week. And if it if it does pan out that way, then he's probably going to be a start of the week from here on out in your lineup. This is going to be a the crazy game. Like these two New York teams are not not great, and they're. No. I mean, the Jets are. I think the Jets on paper, and even the little bits we've seen of them, they've played better. But they're just so streaky and up and down that I just. If the Jets just come out and they don't have anything, this is going to be a low scoring, terrible, terrible game. Quite possible. Yep. Um, could be my, painful to watch. It could be. It really could. Uh, my start of this week is Alvin Kamara from uh the saints i've been down on him and the saints a lot this year so i thought i'd give them a little bit of love one because they're going against the colts we're not really strong against stopping the run and we've seen games get out of hand offensively really quickly there i think this is an offense that can strike fast they've got all the pieces there it just hasn't always worked for them camara's had several good weeks since coming back i don't think he has he's had a down week i'm expecting a lot of yards from him and him to finally get a touchdown i think he's only scored one touchdown this entire uh, fantasy season, but he's still been playing pretty well. Like he's still getting points when needed. He's still helping. I, I think he's, he was ranked somewhere around 20 as the running back. So I'm expecting him to break out, get a touchdown against the Colts. I think he's a good start. All right. My sit for the week is Josh Jacobs. He's going up against a very strong lions run defense and the Raiders' offense is just looking shambles. I think they're going to be playing from behind in this game, so it's just not a good matchup for uh, for Jacobs. And even with the amount of usage, I just I don't think it's going to pan out for your fantasy success this week. Uh, this one stings for me. My sit is Alexander Matheson. As we talked about earlier uh, in this podcast and previous episodes, uh, I've been a big fan of his. Uh, I thought he was going to have a great season with uh, with the Vikings but he's being pushed out of that lineup slowly but surely Green Bay it on paper should be a good matchup 
for them, but I do think Kirk Cousins is probably going to be feeling pretty good about himself after last week. He's going to be slinging the ball. They're going to be using Acres more in there and mix it in. So I think this is one of those trap starts where you think, oh, this is going to be a good matchup for Matheson, but it ends up all going to Acres. The ball's thrown to the tight ends. Uh, lots of plays downfield to Addison. So I'm going to say sit Alexander Matheson. All right. My wide receiver start of the week is going to be Garrett Wilson. Uh, along the same lines for why Brees Hall, I think this is going to be where we get to see what we're dealing with with Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson combined. Let's see if he can take advantage of not an amazing matchup, but still a pretty good one against the Giants. I, we're expecting them to be playing with the lead, so hopefully he can get a touchdown early in the game. But overall, I think he's going to do fine for fantasy in this matchup. Uh, okay, my start is Brandon Ayuk uh, coming from San Francisco. I think if Devo Samuel is missing time, any significant amount of time or any time at all, you'll see his value go up a bit. I know there's the Brock Purdy injury to deal with. This is a game right before their bye week. They're playing Cincinnati, who has been very weak against the past. That defense has been inconsistent at best. I think Ayuk's going to have a pretty good game. He'll be relied on. He's one of those targets where you just you know you can count on him. And if you have a quarterback coming in who's generally a part of this offense in a backup role, he's going to find people he can rely on. They're going to run the ball a lot to Christian Cafferty, but I think when they throw the ball, it'll be to someone like George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. So I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. All right, my wide receiver sit for the week is going to be Calvin Ridley because he just put up one point in week seven. And uh, he is not the... Trevor Lawrence doesn't want to throw him the ball very much. So I'm uh, I'm going to go with... He's going to throw the ball to Christian Kirk a lot and Calvin Ridley not so much. So you can leave Christian uh, Calvin Ridley on your bench until you see differently. My sit is Cooper Cup. I just don't like this matchup. Uh, Dallas is one of those teams that, man, that defense annoys me because sometimes they really shut you down like you're thinking, and sometimes it ends up being a pretty big scoring game. I'm going on the side of caution and saying Dallas is going to shut this team down a bit. Cooper Cup's going to find himself in double coverage. He's going to find himself in difficult situations. I think Dallas will know how to play against those types of elite players. So I think Cooper Cup, if you can find anything else, he's been up and down since returning from the injury. I think he's he's a decent, cautious sit for this week just to just to go against that matchup. All right. My tight end start for the week is going to be Taysom Hill because they're actually starting to use him as a regular tight end and throwing him the ball. But he's still getting some runs in. He's still lining up in the backfield. He's, he's a jack-of-all-trades out there, but he is actually starting to rack up some receptions. I think he's already got a season high, like like an in-season high already after just these past two games of them using him that way. So he's becoming more and more involved. The Saints offense is running around a lot of quick dump-off passes. And for Alvin Kamara and for Taysom Hill, that means good things. So I say start him up this week against the Colts. My start is Luke Musgrave. I absolutely hate this start. This is a terrible, terrible start. But hear me out. The thing that I, I'm thinking here is that this defense of the Vikings hasn't been great all year. They've been hit and miss. I think they're also feeling the high of, of coming off a big big Monday night game, but it's short week for them, and I think that short weeks don't generally benefit those defenses in that way. Um, their Packers are rested. Jordan Love's got a 
target somebody here. Um, and I think that this is, if you have Luke Musgrave, there's a lot of tight end injuries out there. If you have an option to throw him in there, I think he might be a safe start this week to have a good week against Minnesota. Maybe not again for the rest of the season, but I'd say take the risk if you're going to take it this week. All right. My sit of the week is Kyle Pitts at tight end. Wow. This is a moment. Yeah. You hate he, Kyle Pitts. You just hate him now. I do not hate Kyle Pitts, but I hate what the Falcons are doing with him. They are last week. He had, I think two big plays and that kind of gave him an okay fantasy finish, but they're just not really throwing him the ball very much. And this is a bad matchup for tight ends against the Tennessee defense. I think the Falcons are going to struggle just offensively against uh, the Titans. And this is probably going to be a pretty low scoring game between what we've seen from both offenses so far. Uh, so I don't really want any part of Kyle Pitts this week. And my sit is Trey McBride. I don't even know who you are, but I do know you're replacing Zach Ertz um, at the tight end position this week. The Cardinals will be in real tough uh, against a Baltimore team that just had a good job of really shutting down and making Detroit's offense look absolutely ridiculous. And they have a powerful tight end who's emerged this year. So it doesn't look like a good tight end matchup uh, in that game either. So Trey McBride, sit. All right. And that will be it for our starts and sits for week eight. Thanks everyone for listening. Take care and stay safe.